theyeshiva.net. Good evening. Tonight's class, Broken Tablets, Broken Souls. Moses shattered the sacred tablets and redefined the meaning of brokenness. Is dedicated in honor of the birth of Hadassah to Esther and Zalman Lubavik by David and Ida Schattenstein. Mazel Tov. And thank you very much. Tonight's class is also dedicated in the loving and precious memory of Rabbi Yosef, Ben Reb Shaptai, and Dina Elberg, who passed away on the third day of Av this year, Tehei Nishmasai Tsruda Bitzrer Hachayim, dedicated by his brother, Rabbi Yaakov Elberg, and family. Mr. Berkowitz comes running in to the Sunday Hebrew school at the temple. Eagerly, he visits his grandson, David, who's studying there each Sunday studying a little bit of Judaism in this Hebrew school. He embraces his grandson with enthusiasm and then says, David, how is it going here? How do you like the school? And he says, Grandpa, it's great. Are you studying well? He says, I'm studying very well. Let me ask you a question. He says, David, tell me, who broke the tablets? And David looks at his grandfather and he says, it was not me. I did not do it. The grandfather is very upset. He comes running into the teacher, Mr. Cohen. He says, Mr. Cohen, are you the teacher of my grandson, David? Yes, I am. You won't believe what happened. I ask him, who broke the tablets? And he tells me, it was not me. I did not do it. What is going on here? What type of teacher are you? And the teacher looks at him and says... I have known this boy David now for seven months. If he says he did not break the tablets, he didn't do it. I trust him. An infuriated man runs in to the office of the principal. Mr. Finkelstein, what type of school are you running here? I ask David who broke the tablets. He tells me it was not me, I didn't do it. I ask his teacher... What is happening in this school? And the teacher says, if he said he didn't do it, he didn't do it. Tell me, how can you be a principal of such a school? And the principal looks at him and he says, sir, I understand you're very upset. Let me assure you right here and now that we will recompensate you for the broken tablets. Just give us a receipt and we will pay the full price of the broken tablets. We're sorry for your financial loss. Imagine... You're in a relationship with somebody, and the relationship is devastated, crushed, shattered to pieces. But then through intense work, healing, recovery, there is forgiveness, there is atonement. And a new relationship is carved out. A new beginning emerges. Healing was introduced. The worst thing you can do at such a moment is... 
at the moment of rejuvenation and renewal, remind the other party of their guilt, of the broken moments, of the failure. Now is not the time to remind him or her of that. Now is the time to chart a new beginning, to move on. Yes, there are people who precisely in the wrong moment will remind the other person of that which they have destroyed and broken. But we all understand that it's inappropriate. Forgiveness has been achieved. Thus, it is astounding and difficult to make sense of one particular expression of God of Hashem in this week's portion, Akiv. The story is familiar to most of us. Moshe Rabbeinu in the final weeks of his life is relating to the Jewish people the major stories and episodes which define the genesis of the Jewish nation during the 40 years of their wandering in the desert. In Parshas Akiv he recalls that dramatic moment when he receives the tablets, the luchos from Hashem, from God, containing the Ten Commandments, the Aseris Adibros, which Hashem communicated to the Jewish people at Sinai. I come down from the mountain, Moshe says, and I observe how you have created a golden calf of idolatry. I grab the sacred tablets, I throw them down, and I break them before your eyes. I go up to the mountain to besiege God, to forgive you, and after 40 days and 40 nights of prayers, God concedes to my requests. He forgives you. And Moshe Rabbeinu continues, open up your curriculum, right under the video to source number one. Parshas Akev Perik Yud, the 10th chapter of Deuteronomy. Chapter 10, verse 1. At that time, Hashem told me, Moshe says, Carve out to you two tablets of stones like the first ones. Come up to me to the mountain and also prepare for yourself a wooden ark. And I will transcribe, God says, on the new tablets, the same words that were on the first tablets, which you have broken. And you will place the new tablets in the ark. Why the necessity for these two words, Asher Shibarta, which you have broken? Moshe Rabbeinu knows very well what happened with the first tablets. This is not an episode occurring 10, 20, 30 years later. Even then, Moshe Rabbeinu would have had the memory to remember what occurred with the first tablets, fashioned, designed, carved out by the Almighty Himself, which Moshe Rabbeinu then broke. This is only a few weeks after the event. Only 40 days after the breaking of the tablets, Hashem finally forgives the Jewish people and He says, Moshe, carve out new tablets, bring them to me on the mountain, and I will engrave in the new tablets the same words that were there on the first tablets, and then he adds, which you have broken. What is this, as we say in Yiddish, ashtech, is he trying to sting Moshe Rabbeinu? We know a principle in Jewish law, never tell a person who repents, from evil doings. Remember the old days when you were a sinner. You don't remind somebody who repented and mended his or her ways about the old times. Remember your old deeds. What was the necessity? What is the message? Why is Hashem telling Moshe? I will transcribe on the new tablets the words that were there on the first tablets which you have broken which you have smashed, which you have shattered. That was an event gone by. We're now beginning a new era in the relationship. You are forgiven, the Jewish people. The truth is, the same exact expression, enigmatic as well, is found not only 
when Moshe repeats the story, but also the first time the story is actually recorded in Exodus in Parshas Kisisa. Parshas Kisisa, Perik Lamedal at Exodus chapter 34, open up your curriculum to source number two. Vayoyimer Hashem el Moshe, God tells Moses, Psalacha, Shnei Luchos Avonim Kurishonim, Vechosafti al Haluchos Esadvorim Asher Hoyu, Al Haluchos Arishonim Asher Shibart. Carve out to you two tablets of stone, just like the first tablets, and I will transcribe on the tablets the words that were written on the first tablets, which you have broken. But there, Rashi gives us an interpretation in source number two. Rashi tells us on the words, Psalacha, you carve out, Atta shibarta harishainais, Atta psalacha acheris. God is explaining to Moshe why it is his duty to carve out, to sculpture the new tablets. Why will I not do it? Just as the first tablets, Hashem, created the very tablets of stone and then engraved onto them the Ten Commandments, why would He not do that again with the second tablets? And Hashem explains him, Asher Shibarta, you broke them. Since you broke them, you carve out the new ones. And Rashi gives a metaphor to illustrate the idea. This would explain the words Asher Shibarta. God is explaining to Moshe, why should you carve them out? Why should you make two tablets of stone just like the first ones, which you have broken? Since you have broken them, you mend them, you make new ones. But yet, in Parshas Akev, this explanation will not work. And for a very simple reason. In Parshas Kisisa, God tells Moses, Carve out the two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on them the same words I wrote on the first tablets which you have broken. In Parshas Akev, in source number one, he says, Carve out, look again in source number one. Carve out two tablets of stones like the first ones. Come up to the mountain. Make an ark of wood. And I will write in the second Pasuk, now Pasuk base. I will write on the tablets the same words that were written on the first Luchos, which you have broken. There is a huge interruption between the instruction to carve out new tablets and the instruction and the words you have broken. Not only is it interrupted by a Pasuk, it's a new Pasuk. In the meantime, he talks about him coming up to the mountain, making an ark of wood. In Parshas Kisis, it's all in one Pasuk. He says, carve out the two tablets. I will write on the tablets the words that I wrote on the first tablets which you broke. There you can give Rashi's interpretation in Parshas Akev, where there is such a huge interruption, it seems difficult to give this explanation. The truth is, in Parshas Kisisa, we also need explanation in the meaning of the words Asher Shibart. If the entire meaning of those words was, as Rashi explains, to explain why Moshe is responsible to carve out the new tablets, Hashem should have told him, Carve out two tablets of stone, just like the first ones which you have broken. Explaining, since you have broken the first ones, therefore I am instructing you to carve out the second ones. But even in Parshas Kisisa, he doesn't say the words Asher Shibarta right after the words Where does he say the words Asher Shibarta? After he finishes the whole sentence, the whole verse. Carve out two tablets of stones like the first ones. And I will write on those tablets the words I have written on the first luchas which you have broken. Why does he wait with the Asher Shibarta till he reaches the end of the Pasuk? This indicates that the words Asher Shibarta are not only necessary to explain the instruction of Psalach HaShnei Luchas Avonam Karishainim. If yes, it would have been placed there. Rather, the Asher Shibarta is also coming to explain the words of Echt Bekasafti Ala Luchas Asadvarim Ashroya Ala Luchas Arishainim Asher Shibarta. I will write on the new Luchas the words that were on the first Luchas which you have broken. There's something about the way I'm going to write the second luchas for which it's necessary to mention that you have broken the first luchas. The Gemara in Tractate Baba Basra, Masechta Baba Basra, Daf Yudalur Amad Beis 14b, addresses these words, Asher Shibarta. 
If you'll open your curriculum to source number three, Zag the Gemara. Tani Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef taught, Asher Shibartim Vesamtim Ba'aren. The Pasuk says in Parshas Ekev, the first luchas which you have broken, I will write on the second luchas the words which have written, were written on the first luchas which you have broken, and you should place them in the ark. Melamed, this teaches us, Shahaluchas Veshivrei Luchas Munachim Ba'aren. In the Holy Aaron and the Holy Ark, which was situated in the Holy of Holies in Kedosh HaKadoshim, you had two sets of tablets. You had the Luchas, the second set of wholesome tablets, and you also had the Shivrei Luchas. The broken fragments of the first tablets which Moshe Rabbeinu smashed and they were shattered to pieces, what happened to them? They weren't just left there below the mountain. They would have been left there, I assume somebody would have already collected them and sold them on eBay. What they did was they collected them, and they placed them in the ark in the Holy of Holies. You had the tablets with the Ten Commandments, the whole tablets, the second tablets. And you also had the broken pieces of the first tablets. Where do you learn this from, Rabbi Yosef says? Haluchas HaRishonim Asher Shibarta V'samtam Ba'aren This indicates, it intimates that the Shvarim, the broken pieces, were also placed in the ark. V'idach, how about the other opinion which learns that the broken luchas were in the Aaron from another verse? The words Asher Shibarta are necessary to teach us the teaching of Rishlakish. The Amar Rishlakish, Rishlakish said, Asher Shibarta, Amar Le'akadosh Baruch Hu Le'moshe, Yasher Koichach Asher Shibarta. The meaning of Asher Shibarta is that God told Moses, Thank you, Yasher Koichach, for breaking the luchas. So the Ramban, you'll see Chidushi HaRamban, the Ramban explains, the Gemara. This is also on the Ritvan and the Rajba. Shivrei Luchas Chavivin Lefnei Amakim. The broken tablets were beloved by God. The Ilu Haisa Shvirasun Kasha Lefanov, La Ya'aymer Lusumam Ba'arin, Shein Kateger Nasas Because if the breaking of the Luchas would have been painful and undesirable to God, he would have never instructed the Jewish people to place the fragments in the Aaron, because the prosecutor cannot become the defender. The principle is, you don't use the prosecutor who is trying to prosecute and punish the defendant as the lawyer to defend him. He's already prosecuting him. You're not going to place in the Holy of Holies, in the Aaron, Tablets which are being used to prosecute the Jewish people. The broken tablets remind God of their sin, that they created a golden calf. That's why Moshe broke the tablets. Certainly the Ramban says, it indicates that there was something about the broken tablets which God cherished, which Hashem loved. It was not a prosecution, it was a defending. It was, a def- it was not a prosecution, it was something positive. And therefore he told Moshe to put the broken pieces into the Aaron. And from here Yishlakish learns when he says, Asher Shibarta, what does it mean? The Ramban says the word Asher also has a meaning in Hebrew, Ashrei, fortunate, praiseworthy. Asher Shibarta, you're praised for breaking the tablets. And that's why he doesn't say, Haluchis or Yishonim, Sheshibarta, but Asher Shibarta. And that's where Rish Lakish learns. Rish Lakish learns from this idea that the luchas were in the are in the broken luchas, that it was something which was cherished by Hashem. The broken luchas were cherished in a very loving way. They had a delicate element to them, a very positive component. This would explain why it says Asher Shibart. To teach us that the luchas, the broken luchas, were also in the Aaron, or according to the Shlakish, God was praising him for breaking them. But in addition to the fact that this still doesn't answer the question in Parshish Kisisa, why does it say there, Asher Shibarta? There's a bigger question. This in itself requires understanding. What was so beloved by Hashem concerning the broken tablets? It does remind him of their sin. We know, for example, the law is that on Yom Kippur, the Kohen God, the high priest, did not come into the Holy of Holies with golden garments. He would wear linen garments, although a whole year Aaron wore golden garments. Why? So the Chazal explained, Ain't You don't go atone 
for the sins of the Jewish people on Yom Kippur, while Aaron is, we- Aaron is wearing golden garments which can remind God of the golden calf created. Here, you're not only dealing with golden garments, you actually have the broken luchas all year around in Kodesh HaKadosh. Why were they broken? Because of the sin of the golden calf. Comes the Gemara and the Ramban and the Rishonim and explain. God loved the broken tablets. There was something lovable about them. There was something delicious about them. Thank you for breaking them. And that's why they don't, they don't serve as a prosecutor. Ain Kateger, Nasa Saneger. Certainly the broken luchas are not a prosecutor. How do we understand this? There's an intriguing medrash. Open up your curriculum, number four, Shmois Rabba, Parshim and Vav. Medrash Rabba, Shmois, section 46 in the beginning. Zog the medrash. Kivon Shepona Chet Yishalem, Omar Moshe, Rehoyali Yisrael, Moshe Yevakesh Aleim. Once God forgave the sin of the Jewish people for creating the golden calf, Moses said, the Jewish people had somebody who can beg compassion for them, me. Who's going to ask forgiveness for what I did, for breaking the tablets? Moshe began feeling pain for the breaking of the tablets. Hashem told them, don't feel pain over the broken first tablets, because they only contained ten commandments. With the second tablets, I will give you all of the halachas, the laws, all of the midrashim, all of the agodas. This is the meaning of the Pasuk in Job 11. I have told you the secrets of wisdom, a double portion of salvation. The second tablets are not only a compensation for the first. They have within themselves far more than the first tablets. Don't worry. Don't worry about the broken tablets. The second tablets will have much more. They will be accompanied with much more Torah. And this medrash has to be understood. How do we make sense of this? I mean, imagine you give a treat, a gift to two children. One child treats the gift appropriately. The other one destroys the gift. And after forgiveness, after repentance and forgiveness... You decide you're going to give the second child the gift which he lost. Is it fear to give him a greater gift than you gave the first child? Just because he sinned, does he deserve to get more than the child who followed the proper path? There's a famous expression in the Talmud. Is it fear that a sinner should profit and benefit more than a person who never sinned? Who is Yosher? Who is justice? To understand this, we have to preface even a greater question, and maybe the greatest question in this whole theme. At the end of Dvorim, Vizay Sabrocha, Moshe Rabbeinu passes on. And in those last eight verses of the Torah, in very moving and dramatic terms, the Torah eulogizes Moshe Rabbeinu. You can open up your curriculum to source number five. The Torah says about Moshe, come, Navi be Yisrael, Hashem ponim al ponim. Never before has there risen by Israel a prophet like Moshe, whom God knew face to face. All of the signs and wonders which Hashem sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh, to his nation, to his whole country. To the mighty arm, and to the great awe, the awesome awe, Asher Moshe, which Moshe performed, Laene Kal Yisrael before the eyes of all of Israel. Rashi, the most basic and greatest biblical commentator, explains the verses, what they're alluding to. For example, Yada Chazaka, the mighty arm, he says, refers to the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu with his arm, with his hand, embraced and accepted the sacred tablets with the Torah from Hashem. 
What is the meaning of La'enei Kal Yisrael Moshe did before the eyes of all Israel? Zakrashi in your curriculum number five. La'enei Kal Yisrael. Shenisoyei Liboy Lishber Haluchais La'eneim. Moshe's heart emboldened him to break the tablets before their eyes. Shenemar in Akev Vashabrim La'eneichem. And Hashem conceded to Moshe Rabbeinu, as it says, Asher Shibarta, thank you for breaking them. And this concludes the final Rashi on all of Chumash. This seems very difficult to understand. Moshe Rabbeinu passes on. The Torah is eulogizing Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu achieved the greatest things in his life. He liberated, he was chosen by God to liberate his children and mold a nation of slaves into a divine nation. Brought them to Sinai, split the sea, brought the ten plagues. Gave them the Torah, their spiritual mandate, their blueprint for life and a blueprint for humanity. Shepherded them for 40 years through a wilderness in supernatural fashion. And extraordinary miracles. Yet, according to Rashi, what is the zenith of Moshe Rabbeinu's life? Which episode does the Torah choose to record? As the final words of the whole Torah and the final words to eulogize Moshe Rabbeinu. Which event in Moshe Rabbeinu's life does the Torah choose as the climax, as the peak, as the zenith which will capture and convey the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu? Not the giving of the Torah, not the exodus of Egypt, not the splitting of the sea, not the manna, not the clouds of glory. Not all of the mitzvahs he gave the Jewish people. Which moment? Shvira Saluchis, he broke the tablets, La'enei Kol Yisrael, before the eyes of all Israel. Granted, it was a necessary act. Granted, Moshe had the right to do it. Granted, God agreed to what Moshe Rabbeinu did. But this was a devastating, tragic, painful moment. Perhaps the most painful moment in the history of the Jewish people and in the history of Moshe Rabbeinu's relationship with the Jewish people. The Torah could not find anything else than the breaking of the tablets to choose as the climax and the pinnacle of Moshe Rabbeinu's life. Furthermore, this is how we conclude the whole Torah. The last words of the whole Torah are alluding to the breaking of the Torah, the shattering of the Torah, the smashing of the tablets of the Asaras Adibris. This is how you conclude the whole Torah. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He broke Torah. And Rashi himself concludes his whole commentary on Torah with which words? Could have shifted the words. We have a principle that we like to finish with something positive on a positive note. He could have said, Hashem told him, on the fact that you broke the luchas, thank you. No, Rashi finishes the last word. He completes his commentary on Torah. you have broken. And when do we read this portion on Simchas Torah? One of the happiest days in the Jewish calendar. The Jewish people celebrate the completion of the Torah. They dance around the Bima HaKafas with tremendous joy, passion, enthusiasm, and ecstasy. And we finish the Torah. What are the final words? Chazak, Chazak, Veniz Chazak. Moshe broke the tablets. At first glance, you may offer the following explanation. We know the Midrashic interpretation and explanation. Why did Moshe have to break the tablets? Curriculum in, in number six, the last chapter of the last section of source number six. You open your curriculum to number six. Shmois Rabba Parsham and Vav Alev, Zakta Madrash, Moshala Sarsha, Natalisha, Vakasav Laksuva, Vinasna Biyada Shushvin. It's a metaphor for a great man, a prince, an emperor, who married a woman and he wrote her a marital contract and he gave it to her friends, to her S. To her shushvin, to her the person who accompanies her, or his sister, he gave him the marriage contract. After some days, bad rumors began to circulate that the woman is disloyal. What did her friend do? The first thing he did, he tore the marriage contract. Why? Amar he said, Let her better be judged as a single woman, an unmarried woman, rather than a married woman. If she's a married woman, you have here a case of adultery. 
If she's a single woman, she's never married, you don't have a case of adultery. So the Medrash says, God gave the Jewish people the marriage contract, the tablets, the luchos. Then they were disloyal, they created a golden calf and they worshipped it as an idol. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He broke the marriage contract. There's no proof that they're married. The Jews are bachelors. Ah, they're bachelors. They're bachelorettes. Bachelorettes, it's a different story. If they're married, no, there's a whole different set of responsibilities. A married person is a married person. But if they're single, it's bad. So in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu saved the Jewish people. By destroying the luchas, he saves, he rescues the Jewish people. They're not being punished as a married woman. They're being punished as a single woman. The penalty is far different. The consequences are different. The ramifications are drastically altered. Yet, does this really answer the question? Why the Torah chooses this event as the climax and peak of Moshe Rabbeinu's life? How do we choose to complete the whole Torah explaining who Moshe Rabbeinu is? The greatest Navi, the greatest prophet who ever lived. That he changed the status of the Jewish people. Instead of betraying God as a married wife, they betrayed God as a single woman. Aglik is megatrofen. This is the great glik, the great joy Moshe Rabbeinu brings us. This is the end of Torah. Hazois nami. Forty-four years ago, Wednesday, Parshas Akev, the twentieth day of Av, August eighteenth, nineteen sixty-five. The Lubavitcher Rebbe held a fabreng and a gathering in the honor of his father's yard site, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak Schneerson, the famous rabbi of Yekaterinoslav in the Ukraine, later Dnepro Petrovsk, and addressed all of these questions at that fabreng and at that gathering. Tonight, I wish to share with you some points of the Rebbe's explanation. I say some points because the explanation was extremely elaborate and we will not even be able to scratch the complete surface of the explanation which spanned many talks and went on to this different discussions and elaborations but tonight I want to extract one seminal point of the explanation and explain it a little bit based on other sources and references as well as I understood it. When Moshe Rabbeinu created and carved out the second tablets and presented them to God, God says, I will transcribe on the second tablets the words that were written on the first tablets. Something novel was created which never happened before. The writing of the second tablets was not just a substitute, a compensation for the first tablets, but there was something much more profound that was created here. Something new, something novel. Go back to source number one in your curriculum. Let us read that verse again in Parshas Akif. Pasuk Beis. I will write, I will engrave on the luchas, the words that were on the first luchas, which you have broken. Asher Shibarta, which you have broken, is an integral description of what I will be writing. I will not only be writing on the second luchas, the words that were on the first luchas, Hashem adds something more than that. I will write on the second luchas the words that were on the first luchas which you have broken. The brokenness of the first luchas will also be incorporated into the transcribed words of the second luchas. Fundem asher In the words of the Rebbe. From the very fragmented pieces of the first tablets... I will transcribe the second tablets. They will not only contain the same words that were in the first wholesome tablets before they were broken. The first tablets that were broken, the brokenness of the first tablets will be part 
of the reality of the energy of the second tablets. This was the great achievement of the second tablets. This idea expresses itself in different ways. Let us explore three. The novelty of tshuva, of repentance, of healing, of recovery, is that it doesn't only give the person an opportunity to fix his ways, to mend her pathways, to rectify a past which was sinful, which was defined by stumbling, by mistakes, by transgressions, by betrayal. It is not only the opportunity for a person to begin life anew like the tzaddik, because it's never too late, you could fix your ways and start a new chapter, open a new chapter in your life. There's something deeper about Shuvah. And this is articulated fascinatingly by the same person whom we quoted earlier in Bababasra, the same person we quoted earlier in source number 3, who said that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu Yasher, now open source number 7. Yumadav Pevavamit Beis, Amar Reish Lakish, Reish Lakish said, G'doylet Shuvah, Shazdoynes, Nasus like Kizachis. Shuvah is great. What makes Shuvah so great? That the person's willing transgressions are transformed into virtues, into mitzvahs. Reish Lakish, the same person who said, Yashikach Hashashibarta in Bababasad Afidalit. Source number three says here in source number seven, the greatness of Shuvah. What does this mean, that the willing transgressions of the Baal Tshuva become like mitzvahs? The Marsha asks, Lo nisker. A tzaddik who never sinned can only perform 613 mitzvahs. Somebody who sinned and then repents, he can have millions of mitzvahs. Why? All of his sins become mitzvahs. Is that fair? You know the story they say about the Holy Rebbe Yitzchak of he loved finding something positive in every person. So once he sees a Jew, a famous sinner, somebody who would willingly violate all of the mitzvahs, standing on Yom Kippur in front of Shul, eating, smoking, violating Yom Kippur, the holy Baditshva looks at him and says, Ah! My holy Yid. And he says, Yeah, Rabbi, what do you have to say? He says, I'm jealous of you, the rabbi says. He tells the Baditshva, Why are you jealous of me? He says, Because if you would only do tshuva, out of love, how many mitzvahs you would have with all of your sins transformed into mitzvahs. Imagine how many virtues you would have. The man, a great cynic, looks at him and he says, Rebbe, come back next to him, Kipper, and you'll be far more jealous of me. But the end of the story is that ultimately the words of Rebbe Yitzchak of Bartichev did penetrate into his soul. And he did do truth. What is the explanation of this? The explanation Rishlokish is telling us is that from the brokenness, the broken deeds, the mistakes, the errors, the sins, the failures, the betrayal, the zdoinus, become mitzvahs. The broken pieces of the Bolshuva are redefined as part of his virtues. The very negative energy becomes fuel for the new positive energy. Because every mistake, every sin, every failure in the life of the person who heals and recovers becomes a catalyst, a springboard for yet a deeper appreciation, for yet a deeper love, for a new passion in his or her relationship with their soul, with truth, with godliness, with holiness. Somebody who is stuck in a barren desert without water for days on a hot day, and then tastes a good cold cup of water, he appreciates the water far more than somebody who never went thirsty. Somebody who hasn't eaten in a few days, or somebody whose health failed, and then recovers, appreciates food, appreciates health in a way that somebody who never was deprived of these things cannot appreciate them. Somebody who stumbled and failed and sinned. And then from that, from those mistakes comes back to discover 
their loving Father in Heaven. This person's passion, this person's avoidance Hashem, this person's service of God, this person's relationship with Hashem has a depth and has an energy which comes precisely from the negativity being fueled into positivity. So before the golden calf was created, the Jews could find God within the wholesomeness of the tablets, within the spiritual and sacred wholesomeness of life. But then the people created a golden calf. They betrayed themselves. They betrayed, betrayed reality. They betrayed God, the essence of reality. They detached themselves from the essence of life. Would hope be lost? Came Moshe and taught them not only was hope not lost. Not only can they compensate. Not only can they get back on track. But there's something deeper that can happen. Now they would find God in the shattered pieces of a once beautiful dream. Moshe was teaching the Jewish people that truth now can be crafted not only from the spiritually perfected life, but also from the broken pieces of a past which was shattered. The broken tablets too possessed the light and secret of God. When Moshe broke the tablets, what he actually accomplished was the sacredness and the divinity which were in the Luchas were still there. But now they were to be found in shattered pieces. They were not only to be found in the wholesome Luchas, now you could find the light of God broken, fragmented, shattered in the shattered pieces of the Luchas. And from the broken pieces of life, you can create a holy of holies, a Kodesh HaKadosh. The broken pieces went into the Aaron, into the Holy of Holies. Because the broken tablets representing the shattered moments of human existence, our mistakes, our sins, our transgressions, our violations, ultimately have their own story to tell. They contain a light all their own. They contain a spark of holiness deeply eclipsed, deeply concealed. But the Balchuva who rediscovers truth from the failings has the ability to extract the spark, to extract the light from the sins. And thus, the violations become mitzvahs. Truth he finds not only in wholesomeness, but also in the broken fragments of the human spirit, which become a catalyst and a springboard. For a new appreciation of God. So therefore the Ishlakish says, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Yasher Kaycha Chashashibarta. What does Yasher Kaycha Chashashibarta mean literally? Yasher Kaycha means your power should be upright. Your power should be erected. Your power should be invigorated, rejuvenated. Why? Because you have broken the luchas. What he is telling him here is, the power of tshuva is, Yasher Kaycha Chashashibarta. From the brokenness itself, you get new koyach, new strength, new vigor, rejuvenation, a new energy, a new identity. That's why the second luchas had much more than the first luchas. It's not that sinner benefits more, and it's not fear. Just because somebody didn't sin, he doesn't get the extra treat. Just because the Jewish sinned, the Jews sinned, the second luchas should have much more. It's not because of they sinned in the past, it's because what happens now. The second luchos don't only serve as a compensation for the first luchos. They accomplish something new. They go into the broken past. They go into the zdoinos. They go into the deep husks and shells which allow the person to sin. And they reveal the godliness within the darkness. They transform the darkness into light. Thus Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, I will write on the luchos the words that were on the first luchos. And then he adds something deeper. Asher shibart. I will not only engrave on the second luchas the words that were on the first luchas as they were on the first luchas. Asher shibart to the first luchas which you have broken. And following the breaking of the first luchas, I am engraving the second tablets. The engravement of the second tablets is coming after Asher Shibarta, Subsequently to the breaking of the first luchas. To be able to write the second luchas we incorporate the fragments of the first luchas. They themselves become part of the energy of renewal. Reish Lakish is the man who says it. Those who are familiar with the life of Reish Lakish, the Talmud tells us that his life epitomized this quality of transformation 
But there's another point, another element, which describes a very fundamental question and dilemma in life. Often, people ask the following question. If Hashem wants me to study Torah, to observe His mitzvahs, why does life often break people, depriving them of the ability to connect to God, to learn, to pray, to do mitzvahs, to learn Torah? Why does life break so many people? Depriving them of the ability to have complete luchos. They lack now the ability to be able to serve Hashem with wholesomeness. To learn Torah with tranquility. To fulfill all of the mitzvahs in completion. The circumstances of life often deprive and deprive people from this opportunity. And even in a perfect life, even in a life which is blessed in so many ways, the question still persists. Every person needs to make a living. Every person needs to dedicate time to eating and drinking and sleeping and relaxing. Comes the Jew and says, I want the luchos. I want the complete luchos, but they're broken. I want to serve God. I want to learn Torah, but my Torah gets broken. My mitzvah gets broken. Because the stress of life, the stress to make a living to sustain myself and my family. And even in the best life, you have to dedicate many hours to eat, to drink, to sleep, to take care of your body. This causes the luchas to be broken. The Jew says, why can't I dedicate my whole day to Torah, Avedeng, Melis Chasadim? I want to live a life in which I connect to God wholesomely and harmoniously, constantly. Instead, what's the reality of life? The reality of life is he wants to have whole luchas. He can't have whole luchas. His luchas are broken. His Torah can't be complete. He's shattered. He's stressed out. He has anxiety. He has so many responsibilities that the physical, material world demands from him in order to be able to live and exist and raise his family or take care of himself or herself. And he can't celebrate Torah and Mitzvahs the way he wants to. They're broken luchas. Or to put it in the words of the Medrash, open up your curriculum to source number 8. Shmois Rabbah Parshim and Vavalev, Dover Acha, the Medrash says, Shaparchu Aksuvim and Aluchas Lakach Shavra. When did Moshe break the luchas? He saw that all the writings flew away. The Ten Commandments were not engraved in the luchas. What was left? Tablets of stone. Moshe broke them. What does this represent on a deeper level? It represents a situation where a person looks at his life. There's no writings of Torahs, broken tablets, regular tablets, devoid of Torah. So even in the most uh, blessed life, a person asks the question, Hashem wants me to learn Torah, He wants me to observe mitzvahs. Why are there so many elements of life which cause me to have broken tablets? My Torah is incomplete, my mitzvahs are incomplete. As a response to this, our sages tell us that Hashem told Moshe, Sometimes Hashem comes to the Jew and says, And sometimes He comes to the Jew and He says, Sometimes God wants the broken luchas. The broken tablets. And this creates a nachasruach, a delight and a pleasure that's deeper even than the first tablets and the Ten Commandments contained. How could you compare the two? The first luchas were given on Sinai, thundering and lightning and shaifer. The Gemara tells us, Chazal say that the whole world heard the voice of Hashem saying, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha, coming out from all four sides of the world. 
No creature, no animal, no birds emitted even a sound as the world was consumed and overwhelmed in pure silence and awe. As Hashem revealed Himself once in history during Matan Tarat Har Sinai. Greatest moment of holiness. Here you're dealing with broken tablets. Come to the Chazal, come to the Torah and say, Aaron v'shivri luchas menachem ba'aron. Luchas v'shivri luchas menachem ba'aron. In the Holy of Holies, in the same Ark, the same Aaron, the most sacred item in the Beis HaMikdash, in the sanctuary and in the temple, you had two things. You had the complete tablets, the second tablets. You had one more thing. You had shivrei luchas, you had the broken tablets. And both of them made it, Kodesh HaKadosh, made it the Holy of Holies. Just as there is holiness in the complete luchas, the same exact holiness is in the shivrei luchas and the broken luchas. So a Jew says, God wants me to learn Torah, why do I have broken luchas? Why must my Torah and mitzvahs be broken? On this the answer is, we don't know the calculations of God. What He wants, from whom He wants. In the words of the Gemara, Bahad de We don't make God's calculations. What we do know is, that in the Shivri Luchas, in the broken tablets, you have the same holiness as in the whole tablets. Both are in the Kodesh HaKadosh. The Jew wants a Gansa Torah, he wants a complete Torah. But sometimes he has circumstances of life which break his Torah. There's stress, there's anxiety, there's distractions, there's other things he has to do. And he says, here are broken luchas, what do you want me to do with the broken luchas? So Hashem says, the broken luchas are in Kedesh HaKadoshim, that's part of your holiest moment and deepest relationship with God as well. There's moments he wants from you, Taita, there's moments he wants from you, Mitzvahs, but in the Shivrei Luchas there is also his essence and his desire and his soul and your intimate relationship with him. In the Shivrei Luchas you can discover the same sacredness of Kodesh HaKadoshim like in the regular Luchas. That's also part of his desire. On them, he, those moments he also says, Yashakaychecha, a special Yashakaychecha. What am I thanking you for? What am I strengthening your power from? Shashibart. You're not estranged from me. You're not alienated from me. Don't lament your fortune. Don't feel that you're lost in the chaos and stress of existence. There is a special Yashar Koychecha for what? For the Shibart. For the broken luchas. And then there's the third component. Every person is broken by life. The tablets is not just a broken Torah, it's also broken people. The Talmud says, Chazal say, the death of tzaddikim is like the breaking of the luchas. The luchas represent tzaddikim. every Jew is one of the tablets. The body are the tablets and the words are the soul engraved in the tablets like the soul in the body. Life has broken moments, everybody has broken moments, broken experiences. Each to their own. Everybody has their peckle, their baggage, their struggles, their difficulties, their challenges from the past and in the present. Comes the Torah and says the broken tablets were placed in the holiest chamber of the temple to remind us that the broken moments and experiences of our lives also constitute part of our own holy of holies. Because failure is the gateway through which we must at times pass in order to access our deepest core. Brokenness is often the only way back to wholesomeness. At the moment when things seem to be falling apart, when the tablets in our life are shattered and broken, we may become open to new dimensions of our existence that are waiting for our recognition. It is so hard for us to see this in the moments of pain, but when we look back upon our lives, we can discover that when one door closes, another one usually opens. We only need to profess the courage to enter it. Many of us invest a lot of time and energy to run from our past, to run from our difficult experiences, to run from our broken fragments, to run from our pain, from our anxiety. 
But the truth is, the Shivrei Luchais challenge us to acknowledge and sit and re-embrace that which hurts. We try to avoid pain by so many different distractions, but paradoxically, we can only embrace our deepest potential by embracing our broken tablets. You know the story, it's a great story, an old Hasidic Jew in the shtetl would go each day to the river to bring water to his house. He had a pole and two buckets hanging down the pole. One bucket was complete. It would come back each day filled with water to the top. Another bucket had holes. Each day coming back from the river to his home, half of the water would go through the holes and it would always be half full and half empty. After six years of doing this, the broken bucket felt like such a loser. So envious of its colleague, of its neighbor, who came home filled with water and once on the way, metaphorically, the bucket opens its mouth to this old Hasidic Jew and says, Laman Nigara, why am I the loser? Why do I have to ha- why do I have this flaw and this deficiency? Always coming back with half of the water gone, empty, lost between the cracks of my bucket. And the Jew looks at him and responds and says, Tomorrow, when we come back from the river, I want you to look outside of yourself and look what is below on the earth. And the next day when they're returning from the river, the broken bucket looks out and sees flowers, beautiful flowers, roses, lilies, growing all across his path. The other path, was barren and his master looked at him and he says you know when we began our relationship I knew about your flaw I knew that there are cracks in your bucket so I planted here all of these flowers each day when we come home as the water comes out of the cracks you water these beautiful plants which decorate our home and give our life so much more delight and a special fragrance and aroma Every day while we walk back from the stream, you have the opportunity to water the plants. Your very broken components, your very cracks, is what gives your life a special meaning, a special mission, a special energy. Without you being just the way that you are, we would have never created these special flowers. One of the rabbis famously said, Nishta aza gleichezach via krume later. Nishta aza krumezach via gleich vertel. Nishta aza schwarzezach via weise tachrichem. Nishta aza ganzezach via zerbrochen hearts. You got it? There is no, nothing as straight as a crooked ladder, a slanted ladder. Nothing as crooked as the straight line of a con artist. Nothing as black as the white sheets in which they wrap a corpse. And there's nothing as complete as a broken heart. The shivrei luchas, the broken luchas, are in the Holy of Holies, as holy as the whole tablets. This explains the great question, why did Moshe break the tablets? Why didn't he hide them? Why didn't he give them back to their heavenly maker? Why break such a precious thing? This also explains why the broken tablets were in the Holy of Holies and what the Ramban says. That the broken tablets have a special love. Hashem loves the broken tablets because when he wrote the second tablets, we redefined the Shivrei Luchos. They also become Kaidash HaKadosh. And it's why the Torah chooses to culminate its tribute to Moshe Rabbeinu's life with this story. The greatest achievement of Moshe Rabbeinu beyond everything else was not the giving of the Torah and not the exodus of Egypt. 
Of course, these were shattering revolutionary events which changed existence, but the unique greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu was that he showed humanity how we can take our brokenness and turn it into the Holy of Holies. For which Hashem says three words, Yashekoichecha, Sheshibarta. Have a good night. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.